0: That Mike brought up. The, Mike line. brought up. Baby girl wanting to quit gymnastics.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: What did she end up deciding to do?
2: She quit gymnastics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Note this so, <laughs> self.
2: Yo, yo, listen. Hold on, hold on, hold on. My daughter. <laughs> my wife well, my- daughter back to to a lesson at gymnastics. Right. So my wife is upstairs watching her, and you know she kind of doing a little something, something doing something. She gets to this one exercise. She goes like this to the um to the instructor. So the instructor come down to her level, listening to her, right? So she says something in her ear, and I saw my daughter's face, just my daughter's face, like this. Like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so she did this on like two other uh two other st- stages that they had to go through. So my wife was like, oh no, we're out of here. So she goes downstairs and she gets her, like, yo, what are you doing? Like you're not you, you this it, we out of here, we're done. Like she my daughter was through. She was through with it. <laughs> she said no, no, thank, no, thank you, coach. No thank you. Right. <laughs> no thank you.
3: <laughs> like I hear what you're saying. I, I don't, I'm not in alignment with that. I want to do that. Right.
2: I Um guess why why, you know, she do swimming and she 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 pushing through that. She loves that shit. So that's working out. So we're going to keep her in that. they further nervous.
0: It is important to be doing what you love.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That I ain't going to ever force somebody to do some shit they don't love that. Come on now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, or at All least right. something you're good at. It don't sound like she's a fan of gymnastics like that. But it was good to get it out her system because, like a lot of little girls, like just want to try it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And then yeah. it's like, oh, not any.
1: Mm-hmm. No, nah, I'm sure.
2: Yep. <laughs> That's yep. what Dominique does. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, yeah, yeah, or you know, any or even Coach D. If you have you know a relative or somebody that like with with as a kid like quitting activities, like how do you guys feel? Or have you ever dealt with that issue with a kid? Um, you know, choosing to do something, but then quitting before they could ever, you know, learn or, you know, get get a skill set done. Because my daughter, right, she she, like, she's been raving for the last year and a half about going to gymnastics, right? We had to move and everything, everything. So we couldn't put her in exactly when we wanted to put her in. So once we finally moved, we found a spot not too far from the house. We put her in gymnastics, so we're like, "Yo, she' about to kill it, right?" <laughs> so she go through lesson one, lesson two, lesson three, and then you know, I'm seeing her excitement just kind of going out the window. She complaining about doing certain things. She's saying she's scared, and I'm like, "Yo, ain't she supposed to be like progressing and learning?" Like, I don't get should I let her quit or should I like, should I keep going? Like, I'm stuck right there. I don't want to be overbearing but at the same time i want to kind of you know build a work ethic well both of my kids quit sports so <laughs>
3: <laughs> this wasn't happening it. Okay. it wasn't having it caleb tried basketball he said it was too much running um <laughs> said it was just way too much running and krishna said all sports was just too much yelling um my my rule of thumb is is if if you don't want to try this then figure out what you want to try i don't think it's bad you know, mm-hmm. to let them quit. I know personally I wish I wouldn't never quit playing saxophone. Um, uh, my my mom was the queen of you get to choose when I look back, a lot of decisions she let me make yeah. that worked out, but I'm like, why did my mama make me? But I think she knew I was I was smart enough to like be able to handle those decisions. So yeah, I'm like, okay, we're gonna put this down, we gotta pick something up.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: That's that's right. my rule.
1: With and, anything
0: <laughs> right, and so what I would say is like it's important to let kids try things because that's the soonest like they'll get to know what their passion is. Right. So if, and then I'm big on only doing what you enjoy, right? Like those days of us suffering and pushing through and all that, that's just not what I'm a fan of, you know, Mm -hmm. like, but I would say in my instance with my daughter, just starting off with volleyball, she can't quit, so we're gonna keep her lifted in prayer, right? <laughs> but the good thing about it, she does love it, right? So, mm-hmm. if baby girl didn't love it and it was like too much of a task, and it was like because when kids love stuff, they're mm-hmm. gonna be up early, they're gonna be, you know what I'm saying? Every they're time. like excited, they're doing it. All, like when my daughter was in gymnastics, she was it was holes all over the house, because she's busting stuff, flipping everywhere, right? <laughs> um, you know, but like making sure we protect the mindset of our kids as they get older, because she may pick up that habit as I know I did doing things that I don't love to do because someone made me do it. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like giving her like this whole movement of you get to choose in the next 20, 25 years, I think the world will be a happier place. (laughs) Right. right? Thanks to us. right? Right.
1: Right. Right.
4: As the resident, uh, presently childless, rich auntie of the crew, Aunt D, I have to say, I, I actually was that child, right? So I can't speak from rearing children of my own yet. Um, but there was a time where I did quit something that I once loved. And as an almost 40-something, um, to this day, is one of the biggest regrets of my life. Uh, but for me, Mike, I think the difference between me and your daughter is that I had years of time in literally the game, pun intended, playing basketball. Yeah. And I stopped playing after my junior year in high school, part politics, part because I knew I could and I excelled academically. And I mm-hmm. knew my goal was to get um, academic scholarships to go to school for free. And I knew that I had potential there. But looking back, it's like, well, dang, how far could I have gotten? Like, How mm-hmm. much more? scholarship could I have have received, you know, Mm -hmm. if I pursued Mm -hmm. the athletic route too, I could have had the best of both worlds. But like, looking back, I will never know, even if I had to go walk on a team, right? If I had just finished playing one more year, what, how might my life be different? And so Mm -hmm. I see it from a standpoint of there being tough times and looking facing those tough times and wanting to quit just because it's uncomfortable. As opposed to being totally unfulfilled. If it's like unfulfillment, mm. then like, yeah, it's a hard, it's an easy pass, right? Yeah. No yeah. Pass, go and collect two hundred dollars. Mm. But if it's something like a bump in the road, um, but it's it's doing something that you know you have invested so much time, energy, resources, emotions, tears, mm-hmm. love, all the mm-hmm. things, then I think it's worth sitting down and having a conversation to help them really understand, you mm-hmm. know. What what quitting will really mean like long-term because they don't know what they don't know.
1: Right. Absolutely. That's real.
3: D. D just said something interesting though, y'all. She said unfulfillment versus it just being a bump in the road. Absolutely. Like I, that's, that's kind (laughs) of steep, especially like in our world. Right. Right. We we all run into people who be ready to burn the house down after 90 days, six months, a year. So how, how, how do you guys, discern what's unfulfilling versus what's just like a rough path, patch in business, and life or whatever, as coaches?
1: Mm.
4: For me, I would say after giving something like some hard consider- consideration um, and I uh, related to kind of like driving the car, right? Have I put the car in reverse and tried to take a different route? Right? Have, yeah. I, have I exercised all viable options or have I just hit a rough patch? Or literally hit a bump in the road and say oh no i can't i can't go forward like this is this is not meant for me um and i, I got something i going to share a little bit later i'm gonna wait to, to a foresee's coachable coachable moment <laughs> segment Was <laughs> something i just experienced with the client um and just, it just perfectly aligns with this conversation but as the queen of quitting myself right
1: mm-hmm.
4: there I won't even say it's a delicate balance. It's like, you know, when you feel like you're withering away while while attempting to do something, as opposed to maybe you're just tired or just fatigued in the moment, a little bit overwhelmed, and you need to take a moment to regroup. But it's something that you typically enjoy doing, but it's, it's just a, a moment in time where things are a little hard. But if no matter what you try, no matter what you do, you talk Mm -hmm. yourself off the ledge, Mm -hmm. you talk to your personal board of directors, you're talking to your therapist, you're talking to your life coach. Like if it's walking like a duck and talking like a duck, like you're probably unfulfilled. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. 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 That was
3: good.
2: Unfulfillment gets you out the bed real slow. (laughs) Right. Yo, I don't want to do this today. Right. You know? um but you know at, at some point you 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 would prefer the bumps in the road cuz they're they they're, they're short lived right it's just a challenge There's just something that you that's going to make you just that much better um that's when you yeah, you you, you edge fulfillment for sure cuz it don't matter what is happening you're going to get this shit done right? It don't matter what's going on. We're going to get this done. I don't I don't care. I'm broke. What It is what it is. This must be a part <laughs> of the process, right? You just accept <laughs> it. <laughs> and you just keep going, you know, uh, just trying to work it out. But yeah, unfulfillment, that ain't going to get you out of bed and, and you're getting out of bed real slow. Yeah. You know, make the change, make the necessary changes you need to make.
0: And I would add, um, the duration right so like for instance when people try to decide whether they're sad or depressed right like depression is just a prolonged sadness right so mm. unfulfillment is prolonged right like mm. it don't it's not just monday morning it's every day right <laughs> and then unfulfillment you feel it in your body right so my stomach hurts my head hurts you know what i'm saying like like that guidance is also good but like mike said um The bumps in the roads are incredible because of the lessons and the growth and the expansion. But you gotta make sure it's just like, how much time is this occupying? How much, how long am I in this space? And if Mm -hmm. if I'm in this space for a prolonged amount, then it's unfulfilled and I gotta get out of there. You know what I'm saying?
1: So yeah. yeah.
3: That was good, y'all. I'm glad I asked that question.
1: (laughs) I think a good litmus a
4: good litmus test though is do I not just like a part of this part of the process mm. or do I not like any of it? Mm. But even thinking about business, right? Oh, we all in that's business real <laughs> and coaches and it's just like, there's some, I know when I first started, I'm like, listen, I just want to coach forget all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. but I can't because I'm <laughs> you know, the, the head of my business. I'm an entrepreneur, full-time entrepreneur. And there are certain things that have to be done in order to make the business work. Yeah. Um, especially if I want to stay gainfully self-employed, right? And out of the nine to five life. So there's just different pieces of the puzzle that I have to be responsible for before I'm able to like consciously um, and responsibly delegate something. So there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle. And I'm like, forget this, get somebody else to do it. (laughs) But you know, maybe I can, maybe I can't. And so we're looking at the bigger picture, kind of like what Mike was talking about earlier. When I think about the bigger picture, it's just like, well, if I do this, and I could get, I'm that much closer to getting to the point where I can just coach. You know what I'm saying? Or just want mm-hmm. to coach because I got clients because I'm doing the work.
0: So that's... Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, that's a great perspective. Mm-hmm. Really great perspective.
0: And what came up for me was um, your purpose is always going to be your purpose, mm-hmm. right? So it's going to come back. So for instance, in my situation, when I first came out into the coaching <laughs> game, um, I... I, I don't remember what my first offer was, but it just wasn't in alignment. So everything was a struggle, right, right? Like now I crank out, like I can't wait to send my list of email. You know what I'm saying? The back of the day, it's like, who am I paying to be my voice, right? Right? And then, and then I let that fizzle. And then I had another offer and that still wasn't it. and And it came back around, right? So because my purpose is to educate, through the avenue of coaching outside of the classroom, it's it's not going to go away, right? So we don't, we prolong our purpose but we're going to hit the mark eventually.
2: For sure, for sure.
3: That's good. Y'all sound real smart. (laughs) (laughs) What about
1: you, Say? Um,
0: (laughs) See, Say, see the narrator. (laughs) Right.
2: Exactly.
3: The narrator. (laughs) I, I think for me, you know, I think for me, because I'm come well, I, it's been five years full time. I don't think I've ever felt unfulfilled. I look at all of it as like bumping the roads because I've never had, it's never been anything where I was like, I just hate it, if that makes sense. I've had moments where it's like, I don't like doing this anymore. So I'm going to stop doing that and doing this. But because I haven't felt unfulfilled since I left my day job, praise God. It's um, it's kind of hard to, to for me to discern. I I just pay attention to, okay, like I don't like working with this type of client anymore. So let me, you know, let me navigate that. But bumps in the road, that's just that's just par for the course. It's it just is what it is. It ain't them not going nowhere. Like they're literally not going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. I laugh at them now though, <laughs> All right? All
1: right. All right. I
3: Because I used to, I used to struggle with bumps in the road, especially like making mistakes. Lord have mercy. Yeah. The mistakes used to put me set me back
2: <laughs> <laughs> you listen though like i think a lot of people um especially some people that touch money like they touch money and they kind of they touch more money than they probably ever touched in one time like yeah. doing this and yeah. you start to spin to that right trying to be an image that you think we want you to be <laughs> we, yeah. that you think the marketplace wants you to be and like working with clients you realize like yo these systems is working just fine. They can't keep up with them that with that money, right? And it's just this train. How can yeah. I scale? How how can I scale? I'm using my business money to pay for my lifestyle and everything, right? Mm-hmm. I can relate to that so much, and just that alone, man, it just it's gonna slow people down, all right? It's, it's definitely gonna slow people down, hold them up, um, if they don't really start to, you know, focus on, you know, that type of growth and whatnot.
0: Right. Because what people miss out on is, yeah, you in your coaching, you may offer your clients transformation, but what about the transformation that you have to, you know, undergo, you know, undergo because the coach, the person that you have to become Mm -hmm. to be an effective coach is completely different. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like making sure, like I know for me, And because I am a perfectionist in some capacity, I would rather be who I need to be before I get out there swinging. You feel what I'm saying? Instead of growing with my clients. Growing with my clients just doesn't sit well with me. You know? So people just not, it's just so much that people don't understand that's happening, like, inside of these shells of our body that we have to tend to. You feel what I'm saying? So we can show up properly
1: i got
4: a question for y'all right because we all are coaches in our own respective like zones of genius right Mm -hmm. and although our there's client clients could literally work with each of us in a different capacity to get to where Mm -hmm. they're ultimately going just based on our our individual niches but also the fact that they're all complementary right so what would you say unfulfillment looks like in your respective coaching space how does it show up for for your clients
2: Hmm. that's a good question spending money you ain't making (laughs) you you know definitely for my paid advertising right it's very different from you know posting and praying and you know all the different free things that you can do online that require your your, your work like your work ethic right and then you start running paid ads and you're paying and you're paying but then you you know you what what you want to show up isn't showing up fast enough and that will can start creating some level of unfulfillment especially if somebody's trying to start marketing and advertising their business on on a professional level right uh, so just, just, just money, just trying to get, get over that money mindset. And I understand that everything that you're doing is actually going to help you increase your cash flow. Uh, not hold you back. You know what I mean? If you just focus on what we want to accomplish, not what's happening right now, but what we want to accomplish. And this is just part of that process.
3: Definitely. I'll go next. Um, I think so. Two is kind of twofold for me. One would be people feeling like they're not talking to their ideal client, um, which we know that could mean a bunch of things. And on the other side of it, maybe not getting as many leads um as they would like, not as many book calls as they would like. The first thing is like something's is wrong with the messaging. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's typically what unfulfillment looks like on my side, but especially. If they are getting the calls and they are having the conversations and because they may or may not know how to overcome an objection because they might be the right person, or you may just not know how to have a proper enrollment conversation. but yeah. when they when they're not getting those yeses or they start getting yeses and they're turning into noes, it's like the messaging is off. We We need to change the messaging. Mm-hmm.
0: And in my space as um, a coach for the educators, it looks like stagnation. Like mm. this just spirit of ain't nothing stuck.
1: moving.
0: Right. Like just stuck. And it's like and and yeah. And and I but I'm okay with that type of, you know, I'm okay with that response because at least there's not it's minimal damage. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not doing anything, so at least you ain't messing up shit. You know what I'm saying? So um, you know, but yeah, like when I talk to educators on a daily basis, it's like dang, they, they they ain't doing nothing, like nothing, mm. you know? Um so that's what it looks like in that
1: world.
4: Got it. For me, for my mid career professionals that are on that nine to five grind, it looks like, so Jen kind of mentioned earlier about like what it feels like, right? And so it looks, it feels like um, you feel jaded. You mm. might feel overwhelmed. You could feel underwhelmed just because you're just taking up space um, and your purpose assignment there is done. Um, easily agitated. Um, like everybody's pissing you off. Everything is pissing you off, right? Um, because it's like the math ain't math and and we say ignorance is bliss, but my goodness, wisdom can be painful too in a space where others aren't exercising it. And so that can weigh on you as well. It's like why aren't people understanding? Like why why is why is this okay? Why why are mm-hmm. we still playing these games and you know in a professional space? Um it could feel like questioning um like why you're even there, right? And I know that's mm. that. I I was my client, right? I remember um, having a two-hour commute each way just to do a job for nine and a half hours, right? Two hours each from Richmond to DC, and one day so I, that's
3: four hours in the car.
4: Four hours in a van. Van.
3: Pool.
1: Oh my God no. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs>
4: and you a got to ride with, with the people family. you
3: work with, so you had to ride with the people you work with
4: no so i came from richmond so we all kind of branched out and went our own ways once we got to the okay. city but the common okay. thing that we had was that we were all based in richmond um and we got did you the van pool thing but i remember getting on the van one day and i literally was like my life is out of control like i can't i can't and i had a, a a friend who becomes like family on the van right and he's a therapist and so i leaned over one day never had thought about a life coach before and i was like hey do you know any life coaches? Like, I think I need one, right? My life is out of control. I got to fix this thing. And so it's just literally feeling like life is running you as opposed to you making conscious decisions and kind of Mm -hmm. controlling where you're going and where you're showing up. And I describe it often as feeling like a leaf blowing in the wind, wherever the wind decides to take you, that's where you go, Mm -hmm. as opposed to being firmly rooted and who you are and your purpose, right? And where you know that you are consciously going. Um, so it can feel like haphazard. Um, and it just looks like, you know, you're not happy. You're mm-hmm. just not happy with life. There's a lot of responsibility, there's a lot weighing on you, but you don't feel, um, you're not, you, you don't feel your tank isn't filled as you are feeling others, whether, whether it's work whether it's home, family, relationships, whatever. Like you're putting out a lot, but you're not getting a lot in. That
2: makes sense.
0: So That's that good. that brings up a question um, because you use the word that has so many different definitions, right? So, what exactly is happy?
2: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's always changing. It's always changing. It is. The more you change as an individual, that what makes you happy, it changes right it's like best thing best example like in a relationship right you gotta constantly be doing something that's you know changing often for you to continuously be happy and having new moments you know what i mean uh i guess that you can put the same thing for business you know what i'm saying so sure
3: yeah that's that's a good question I know in business, uh, one of my goals, what I thought would make me happy, is like having a whole bunch of clients, and I had that, and I hated it. <laughs> so, so like now, what makes me happy is a few good, solid people, who like we're we're on a journey together. Like you know, like I'm invested in where you want to take. You know what your goals are. You're invested in you know me growing with you, not growing with me with you in a sense of oh, you need to develop your skills, but it's like just more so of. Taking this thing to the next level versus I got you know three people over here, three people over here. I'm working with this person for thirty days. Work with this, yeah. I didn't that that didn't bring me any happiness. Not the way I thought it would. Um, simplifying makes me happy now though. Yeah. Like yeah. simplifying everything and plants. Plants make me really happy these days.
2: Plants. What's your plant? I'm
3: coming to plant, Mama, over here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like walking around with a square bottle.
3: yes, I do have one. I have one. It's cute too. <laughs>
2: hilarious oh yeah, But yeah, like you, that that wasn't always a thing, right? But over time, as you change, you change. You know, different things that make you happy. It'd be the small things. As I get older, it's the simple thing bro. It's just mm-hmm. like, just, and now I don't know. I don't. I don't even go out my house a certain time because I don't want no traffic. I just don't want to sit in it. I don't want to be around it. No, it's the little things, man. The little things now for sure.
4: I always get lost when I think about that question a little bit and like the semantics of it all. But I think like happiness is is a state um mm. that that can be fleeting. You know, am yeah. I always happy? Absolutely not. Like I'm i I'm an yeah. entrepreneur.
1: Like let's start there. I ain't
4: always happy. I ain't always angry <laughs> either, not.
1: right? Right,
4: right. But um where I like to go when I think about happiness is like joy, it's like joy is my jam, um, what brings me mm-hmm. joy. And that's, that's something that I really tapped into getting clear about like what brings me joy as I started to like free myself from the nine to five mm-hmm. um, and figuring out what I wanted to do next when I live legit um, was like, I'm, I'm out of here. Like I gotta go, like quitting is on the horizon for me right and it wasn't premature it was definitely premeditated but quitting prematurely wasn't a thing but when I wanted to make sure that in whatever I did next that in three to six months I wasn't waking up feeling the same way and I was like I gotta make a different decision otherwise I'm likely going to set myself up for the same type of disappointment so I started you know exploring like joy like what brings me joy
1: yeah
4: Mm -hmm. um And it is based on value systems, kind of like what Mike was saying. Like, it it does change Mm -hmm. as we change and what we evolve, right? What we value more or less, you know, over time with life life and lived experience. Um, For me, it's peace. Peace Mm -hmm. of mind. It's freedom. It's financial security, you know, and being able to hop on a plane and, you know, travel Mm -hmm. wherever my heart desires. You know, I say I'm simple. That might not be simple. (laughs) To some, I don't care because that's what it is for me. You know? Right. Um, but that's that's the kind of stuff that like that brings me joy, like that freedom piece is so important to me. But I think they're all like into the things that I just listed for me, they're all interrelated in some way. So that's how I see it.
0: Yeah, I always have that conversation with people, right? Like when people say they're not happy and I'm like, what exactly does that mean? And it's interesting because it's hard for people to even articulate what being unhappy is. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like they, mm-hmm. they're they trying, they're scrambling for words. Um, But really, I, my stance is really a, just a combination of everything you all mentioned, you know, that, that freedom, that truly doing what you want to do on a daily basis. To me, that's happy, right? Mm-hmm. Happy doesn't mean my relationship is perfect. Happy doesn't mean, you know what I'm saying? I have all the money in the bank. Happy means every day yeah. I wake up doing what I love. Yeah. That's what happy is, right? Yeah. Um, like I've even gone as far as creating an acronym because it just like creates this whole like encompassing everything. So like harmonious relationships, um, alignment with God, being purposeful, being productive, being, you know, prosperous, and and at the core of it is like authentically you, right? Like everybody who knows me knows me. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I show up <laughs> as Jen everywhere i go you feel what i'm saying and um that freedom and just that that spirit of being at peace and being able to do what you want on a daily basis is is to me the root of happiness and i and i think it's important for people to understand what happiness is because they don't even know like like mike said it is a moving target but at at least we can at least provide some clarity, you know, because yeah. people will yeah. be quick to say they're not happy. And it's like, I think you actually probably can be if you just, you know, looked at it a different way, you know, because it's so accessible because it's an inside job and anything that's an inside job is easily accessible. You know,
2: let's get specific then. So how does a coach remain fulfilled and happy <laughs> on this journey? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good right? one. Right? As a coach, you get into coaching because you see the level of freedom that you can have, right? Yep. The amount of money that you can have, right? The amount of impact that you can have and not be directly connected with a lot of different things. <laughs> right. Um, you can build businesses from it. It's such a, a phenomenal industry to be in. And so, yeah, how does one stay fulfilling and happy while trying to build this thing? To that that image that they uh, they so patiently wait for.
4: I think it's a couple of levels to it, right? One of the, one that Jen just mentioned. So the authenticity is important mm. because you come into the industry, whatever your specific niche is, and you know what what maybe you're working to find the niche, right? But you know you want to get into coaching, mm. but who you are, authentically, like that's a part of like your secret sauce, right? That mm. makes you the most attractive to who it is that you are here to serve yeah. and then the who you're here to serve to me, I view it as being a part of your purpose. Like we're all here divinely created to, to serve others and impact certain people on this journey called life.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
4: staying tethered to your purpose and not, um, falling victim to shiny object syndrome or the dollar signs, right? Mike, <laughs> and, and running, running, uh, reckless with that. Yeah. Um, but also keeping a, a having a servant heart, servant heart, being a servant leader. I know for me, that that does it. So even when things could look super crazy, crazy or extra hellish in the season, in the moment, it's just like, well, why am I doing this in the first place? Let me get back to making an impact. Like, how can I serve my clients at a higher level? How can I serve my industry, in my space, in my lane, in my zone of genius? Like, what could I do to serve somebody else? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Like I said when I first started, forget all the business stuff. I just want to coach. Yeah, that's it. But I want to do it on my own terms, right? So that means I got to be a businesswoman too. So that those things keep me grounded as a coach and fulfilled.
0: What came up for me is um, the level of content and success of my clients. Right, like as a coach, I. I, I'm supporting my clients on their journey of transformation. So them achieving their goals, knocking them out, watching them make their transformation, them get healthier, them get happier, them make more money. You know what I'm saying? Like one thing I love about being in the space of CAU um, is that whole client obsession, right? Like that was the first time that I really was like, hmm, Something big right there like client obsession you know what i'm saying so um just as long as my clients are fulfilled and my clients are happy and yeah. i can continuously show up as who i am and doing what i want when i want it in that space then i'm i'm fulfilled
3: that's good um i i think one the main thing is is having good people around I, at first I was thinking balance, but I'm like, balance is relative, but like this entrepreneurship already ain't for the week. Right. right. Um, and then this, this space isn't for the week. Cause I mean, we are literally like helping people think, which is a hard <laughs> thing sometimes, <laughs> but I think having good people around makes it, makes it fulfilling whether that, whether those good people are clients or colleagues or um, or coaches you hire yourself, but I think having good people around is is what I know for me makes it all like a breeze. Like I couldn't imagine doing what I do every day and like it not being with y'all.
1: Right. <laughs> I, I don't even yeah. know if
3: I still would be yeah. doing it. Right, um, like that that for real makes it a breeze, and. And and I I think balance as well, like setting those boundaries as to you know when are you going to stop working for the day, you know how many times are you going to get away, walk away from the business for a week, um, you know are you going to shut it down on Fridays? Because no matter what you do, no matter how you love it, we, you need a break. You you just need a break sometimes. Yep.
2: That's what's up. Mm-hmm.
4: community is key. That's that's a fact.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to thought think that was like a a cliche saying, but no.
0: No. Same. No. <laughs> right, yeah yeah and for me coming from the realm of education i've mm. always understood and huge advocate of community right like we're not supposed to be doing this by ourselves we are yeah. absolutely yeah. not you know what i'm saying like <laughs> there is no reason why there's billions of people on this earth for us to be doing anything in isolation you feel what I'm saying so um yeah that community is powerful and people don't and because some people don't buy into the idea of community they don't recognize how detrimental the community they're keeping is Mm -hmm. (laughs) you feel what I'm saying because if you don't buy into an idea you're not going to be intentional about it right so people don't understand like the people you be around that's the thing (laughs) you feel what I'm saying like the auras that you spend time in on a daily basis, is super important. Um, So, yeah, all
1: that. I got a question. Mm -hmm.
4: Um, When it comes to quitting prematurely, right, what does Mm -hmm. it look like in your respective spaces when your clients quit prematurely, right? So, Mike with the paid pay ad see with with um, uh, messaging email marketing gym and the educator educator space like what does that look like
0: in my space it looks like transferring schools leaving the profession um, getting out of the classroom coming back in the classroom but and the reason why I'm saying that is because people don't Sometimes when you are when you are in need of a shift, right, or you feel like you're in need of a shift, there are prerequisites before that shift. Right. So, like, for instance, when I'm having conversations with teachers, like even on my intake form, you have to tell me if you plan on leaving the classroom within the first within one to three years, because I'm not the coach for you. Right. I'm trying to keep teachers in the classroom or at least in the school buildings. Right. Um, But. When I talk to teachers who are frustrated and it's like, okay, I want to give up. And it's and it's like, well, why do you want to give up? And the things that they say, I have a solution, three solutions for every one of them. Right? So it's like, you're not keeping the right company. You're not talking to the right people. You see what I'm saying? And because being an educator is truly a calling from God. Like if, if God did not equip you with the things, you feel what I'm saying? Right. You don't need to be in front of people, kids. Right? <laughs>
1: you
0: know what I'm right. right? Um, I, I found it funny. I saw something recently It was like, um, I'm looking for that teacher that always told the rappers they weren't gonna be shit, right? <laughs> it's like, I'll be making stuff. But but the reality is our role is so powerful, right? Like every person literally comes to a teacher that if it's not your life's work you shouldn't do it so i'm cool if it's not your life's work but i know in my profession people leave the classroom and it's like you were so you had so much potential right like you were impacting lives and you just couldn't stick it out because you're concerned with politics as if there's not politics everywhere you know what i'm saying and and not even taking it into consideration you're gonna bring you wherever you go <laughs> you feel what i'm saying so you may not like it here at this school. You're going to go to another school and you're still bringing yourself there and it's just going to look different. So yeah, in the education space, it's like jumping ship. That's what it looks like.
1: That's good. That's
2: crazy. I know it adds, you mm-hmm. know, when you, you're you coaching, you're coaching somebody or you're doing a work for them, um, you know, like I said, it, it's, it, it gets very emotional because it's your money. You, you, you see you're seeing money going out but you're not seeing money coming in. And then when that person decides not to run ads anymore, they decide to let go of that agency. It's kind of like starting all over again, right? Uh, When an entrepreneur starts to actively put money into advertising, they know that they're they're growing, right? They know that the business is doing well, right? Because they get to spend more. And then once you... Now that you're starting it, and then it's not working the way you want it to, and you prematurely quit... You know, it's like starting all over again. Now you got to go back to what you used to do. And like you, you thought all this was freed up now, you know, like I got I doing paid ads. I ain't got to do this no more. I ain't got to do that no more. <clears throat> but that's not always the reality. And a lot of people don't know how to jump back into it. You know, it might take them from line, get, you know, get their head back in the game before they jump back into it. So it, it could set them back a bit if they don't, you know, try their best to consistently do it.
3: Got it. Um, for me, on the messaging side, it looks like making changes uh, without any significant data, like, you know, ready to switch up everything and you don't even have two weeks, 30 days worth of data. I'm I'm a fan of 30 days worth of data, but I know in some cases, you know, to uh, to kind of put your client at ease, making a couple changes early on could help them feel better about the whole situation. And then on the email marketing side, it's just not buying into the amount of consistency that's required for it to actually work um i tell people bare minimum three times a week if you do five seven days like great but bare minimum you should be willing to email your your ideal clients i mean your leads who are on your list uh three days if you can't commit to that then that's it is not gonna work anyway
4: word i can listen <laughs> I've been guilty on the pay ad space and the especially the email marketing. Like I am guilty as charged because listen, when them Facebook ad, <laughs> um charges hit that account and you haven't seen anything turn over yet, baby, listen, life is absolutely real in a moment. You're looking. like, hold up, right. wait a minute. You're on the app. You're on the app. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: Like, I ain't got to leave no. it in five days. Oh,
4: oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sending emails and like nobody's opening them. Like, what, what is going on? Like, i let me go post on social media where I have an audience,
1: right?
3: <laughs> yeah, but I the, the crazy thing is I think with but with what in me and Mike's space, you really have to master the art of delay gratification. Hell
2: making. yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but but yep. when it pop, it pop. It pop.
2: pop. Yep, yeah, sure. like when,
3: like once they get hot. Once you put the popcorn on the stove and it gets, once it starts,
1: once
3: it start <laughs> popping, it pop. But most people just don't, they don't let it, they don't let it heat up fast enough. I mean, they don't oh, give yeah. it time to heat up. If you are listening to
4: this <laughs> and you thought about not sending that email today, get
2: your entire life and send the an email. Okay? Right.
4: You know what I'm saying?
2: Right. Email. Yo, it, it, it does. It's, it's a compounding effect, man. Like it's like investing in the stock market. You just gotta let this thing just. Go, go! Just go. keep up with it. Just keep investing right. into that machine. Keep investing your time, your energy, your money into that machine, and it will definitely pop when it when it needs to pop.
0: And oh, even man. even in like my space um, with the spiritual development side of it, like you listen, honey. At this first this first fifteen meditation is not going to get this toxic relationship out your life. Okay, like. <laughs> like come on now, right? So the delayed gratification, and even as an educator, like that side of it is too is like, I love teaching freshmen. Like ninth grade is like, so oh, that's my jam right there. And everybody can't say that. They be running away from ninth graders. But what I love about it is to watch the evolution of that high school, you know, of that senior, right? Like when they, when they get to 12th grade and it's like, you think there's completely different people, but yeah. Being able to master delayed gratification, if you can master that, yeah, it just might end up being happy, right? <laughs> you know
1: what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause it's like that and it, it's so hard because yeah. we live in a in an age of instant gratification.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Minority.
0: Right. Like yeah. microwave generation. Um, but finding that healthy balance is powerful because it, it's it's happening, right? And mm-hmm. that's what, like, coaches who get discouraged and they see other people's success stories, it's like, no, God is still working on your behalf, too. But it's just not your time yet. We don't know other coaches' journey. And like, we don't know other mm-hmm. people's journey. We don't know what hell they just came out of. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you see people posting their success and all their testimonies. You're like, well, damn, you know, when is my time? And it's like, well, your time is going to come when you're when you stop being so concerned with when is your time. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So... Yeah. Mastering delayed gratification is
1: big. That's big
2: right there. We don't spend enough time in the now. That's the problem. (laughs) We worrying about problems in the now. It's like, bro... You sitting on the couch worrying about this problem, ain't going to fix none of this shit. Right. right. <laughs> Use this time to do some work, bruh. Like, I don't I understand, understand what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And it's not enough of working right now, man. I learned that lesson. It's a hard lesson. You know, and it's it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not easy, especially when you're not, you know, getting that fruit back yet. Right. I mean, they ain't <laughs> getting that fruit back yet. You know, but this is it. This is it. You get to tell the stories. You get to learn and grow, you know, all that good stuff, man.
1: Yeah. But
0: then, what, what came up for me is like, what are you using to measure success? So, right. for instance, right? Yeah. I've been paying for ad, I, my ads been running since April. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I shift gears because the model that I was using, I'm not doing that shit no more. <laughs> and you know what? I've been playing with this idea and I'm just not doing it no more.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: But like I was telling C the other day, Watching my email list grow from three hundred to a thousand and ten yeah. in the span of three four months, yeah. them ads is doing what them ads should be doing. <laughs> you right. get what I'm saying? 100%. Because in this space, in the coaching space, we know the power of email marketing, right? Yeah. Because if Tom and the boys and them or whatever them people name is mark them, <laughs> if they decide to turn off, if they decide to turn off <laughs> Facebook, it's a lot of coaches that's gonna be out of business. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, what exactly are you using to measure success? Right? Mm -hmm. You know, I have people that's like, oh, I didn't make $20,000 this month, but I made 10. I'm sorry. (laughs) sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's like... Like, is that a problem?
2: Is that a problem?
0: (laughs) Right. I I don't
2: understand. Exactly.
0: Right. So it's just being getting very clear on, like, what what is what does success actually look like? Mm-hmm. That's the whole. Mm-hmm. We about to go there, y'all.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the email list, though, because I deleted <laughs> hundreds the other day. And I remember there was a time when that was painful for me. And I could hear Coach C. Yeah, you need to refresh your list. Like I give it ninety days if they haven't. Like, what do you mean? I paid for this week, right? But you can't open your email sis. Let them go. And I did it the other day. I was just like, no, this feels it feels heavy, right? That they're taking up space. I would rather email eight hundred people that open my emails. You know, that have mm-hmm. opened the email within the last ninety days and having emails go into the abyss for people, people not even opening them, right? Just to say. I emailed two thousand people today. Um, right, so that success marker, right? What's the vanity metric? First, what's the real? The real? What that? What's what's that open rate do? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right.
2: There's so, so many little elements to business, man, and mm-hmm. that's why the industry be messing cats up, you know, with these courses. Like courses are great. Like I got courses myself, but the real meat and potatoes, man, you need a coach. You need a coach. For yep. sure, 100%, man. Yep. Somebody that's guiding you through this shit. It's definitely not easy. Definitely not easy. So
3: that's a great way to end the episode. <laughs> 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 a great way. No, you but that's to
4: coach or
0: not to coach. Is
3: to hire real? a
0: coach, invest
1: in the coach, or to not invest in the coach? <laughs> 100%. 100%. But,
0: and you know what, though? Like, like there, there, there isn't any successful person that does not have a coach. Nope, there's nope. not one. They don't talk about them, right? Oprah, but they got them. Like, we, we, don't know who's Oprah coaches. Oprah got coaches.
2: Word, hundred <laughs> percent. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Eckhart, Eckhart Toll was one of them. Yeah, like he's yeah. back too.
3: I think Tony that's
2: Robbins. Like,
0: mm-hmm. Tony, like
3: everyone we dealt
2: with Oprah for a I, little bit.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like. I was even talking to my astrologer and Tony Robbins in them is one of his clients. Like every, you know what I'm saying? Like we, everybody has a coach and this ain't even no plug or nothing like that. Cause that, that, that's what they important for right now. Right. <laughs> but it's more, you know, but it's more so like, I, you know, how big we are on zone of genius and people mm-hmm. spend way too much time trying to figure out things that are in their zone of incompetence. And Mm -hmm. you're wasting time. And and how are you going to figure out something that's in your zone of incompetence? (laughs) Like, I'm not talking about the zone of competence, the zone of excellence, where we have access to. But you moving around, messing with shit in the zone of incompetence, you're not Mm going to be able to make any traction. You feel what I'm saying? So it's Mm -hmm. like, if you know you have this problem and you're not the person that can get the solution, logic and common sense says, hire someone that's going to get the solution. And the reason why I'm using the word hire versus get is because mm-hmm. when there is an exchange of money, things get rattled. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like people want things for free, but they don't understand that transaction, that exchange of money mm-hmm. makes things move faster. You feel what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. of course there's content. You know, YouTube University. It's content everywhere. You know what I'm saying? But having someone that you can that you can think with that you can you know check in with just having a live person that can support your journey like to me priceless. I, my life did not transform until I started hiring coaches. Now I got a damn coach for everything. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what I'm saying? Literally.
2: I, listen Yo, just the 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 longer you're in business the older you get you you just want to do less so you know what i mean like i don't want to do too much i just want to think about what i do right. that's it right. <laughs> right. that's all i want to do y'all can have the rest of this stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I look, look y'all can take some of this money and be just just show me the show me the way right. so,
4: either you got time or you got money yeah which, mm-hmm.
2: are you doing which one you want And my time is. You get to
1: choose. (laughs) And on that note. (laughs)